The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. I'm Sarah Becker. I'm Trevor Flynn. And I'm Jack Newman, and welcome to the Movie Gang Podcast. This week, we're going to be taking a look at Pixar's follow-up film by Pete Docter. We're going to be taking a look at Soul 2020. You guys ready for this? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, this is kind of intense. This is like a new Pixar movie. I'm kind of like intimidated. I'm also intimidated that Ben didn't show up. God damn you, Ben. I really (laughs) wanted you here for this, for fuck's sake. Uh, Not like jazz. Not that we don't like jazz, but... No, no, no. Ben, Ben's just like Ben's just got like a better Pixar history than I do, frankly. Mm-hmm. I think he's more engaged with some of this content. Anyways, I got a summary. Ever wonder where your passion, your dreams and your interests come from? What is it that makes you you? In 2020, Pixar Animation Studio takes you on a journey from the streets of New York City to the cosmic realms to r- discover th- the answer to life's most important question. Starring Deve Diggs as Paul, Jamie Foxx as Joe Gardner, Tina Fey as 22, Sam Lavignano as Alan, and Richard Ayode as Soul Sorter. Welcome to the world of Soul. Directed by Pete Doctor, the original release date was December 20, 25th, 2020, but let's be honest, we all watched it on Disney+, Plus. that's because mm-hmm. that's just how this shit works. Music was composed by John Baptiste, Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, screenplay was by Pete Doctor, Kemp Powers, and Mike Jones. Uh, yeah, I this is crazy to talk about Soul, but I want to go ahead, let's just start the top off, let's pitch to Trevor here. What did you think of Soul? Yeah, it's been a while. I kind of wanted to rewatch it, but I also didn't love it quite enough to just be like, "Oh yeah, I'm totally going to rewatch this." Loved it so much. It's um it 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 strikes me as probably one of the most ambitious Pixar movies I've ever seen, and I admire it and I love it and I in some ways I do and it did get me, but um at the same time it does um have Kind of just some some weirdness about maybe its story structure. Like I, I I think it feels like its heart is in a good place and it makes its point pretty well. It just I don't know. It's just a little weird how you get there. I I watched this on Christmas Day, same as Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, and they both oh. had a body swap <laughs> plot, you know. And I mean. By far, this is the better body swap, but it's still like yeah. an awkward body swap that I'm like, why? This is stressing me out. It's probably good that this is stressing me out because I care, unlike the 84 one, but like, I don't, mm, I don't like this. <laughs> it's like for a minute, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, but I, I was very touched. You know, I, I teared up a bit. Um, it works for me. You know, I love jazz and it's, uh, I think... <laughs> it, it it works for me as a metaphor for this and there's a lot of great stuff in here and good pixar jokes i didn't like the um i i think the wh- whatever we call it the before world or, or whatever it is is uh not my favorite bland really. I, I yeah i i like um sorry what did you call it bland yeah it just i i, I get someone explained it it is like you know uh it's what if the TED Talk philosophy of like inspiration was how souls were formed kind of thing. And like I get that maybe as satire a little bit, but I don't think it quite lands that hard as satire. And also it is like the jokes there aren't that funny and it just kind of is like, OK, you know, like I didn't I, I didn't love that that much. I think it's um, kind of. It's probably one of the bigger, like, unresolved kind of story structure issues I maybe have with it. I'm still mostly positive on it. I just think, you know, in the great legacy of Pixar and how much every Pixar film means to us now (laughs) in terms of being a hit or a miss, it's kind of a, yeah, you know, eh, not a meh, a little better than a meh. But anyway, those are my opening thoughts. Yeah, let's toss over to you, Sarah. What do you think of this? Uh, I'll be honest, I am very middle ground on this movie. Like, I I thought it was fine. And like Trevor said, I see what they were going for. But I was pretty underwhelmed with it on the whole, honestly. I was I was expecting to feel a lot more during this film because I always get really emotional about like 
life and death and afterlife kind of stuff. And I am a music teacher. So this seemed like it was going to be right up my alley for Tear City. And for in- Coco, for instance, I am guaranteed. I've seen that movie so many times and I am guaranteed to just cry buckets every time I watch it because it's, you know, music and afterlife stuff. Boom, there. The equation is complete, done, whatever. <clears throat> and I really just didn't feel that with with this film. And the, the, the weird thing with him being in the cat body or whatever it just it it felt so silly to me that it took away from you know the <clears throat> I, I don't even remember their name anymore but the small body that was in joe's body like experiencing life or whatever i feel like that would have meant a lot more if he wasn't there as a cat it just it felt well silly i already said it but i didn't like it and um I don't know. I just I, I feel like it could have been a, a, a much more emotional film and it wasn't. And that disappointed me, especially given Pixar's great history of making films that either make me cry or at least make me have deep, deep feelings about things. I did not feel deeply about this film. And that makes me sad. Yeah, I, I'll have to come in and I'm probably going to be the most positive about this overarchingly. I, I really I guess like for me, the core meaning of soul, like I guess like for me personally, like I live sometimes in a hellscape of meetings and webinars and everything else. And it's one of those things where it felt like the, you know, kind of the kind of having the back tone of this pitch to, to the, like the, like exactly like Trevor said, like the TEDx, uh, sorry, the, the Ted talks of your life and everything was just sort of like, you know, we're all talking about what makes life meaning and finding your passion and all these other things. But usually it's, it's really just, this movie is really just about perspective and it's giving him the perspective to enjoy things around me. And from that perspective, this movie is Im- unimpeachable in my view process of delivering that thought process, which is exactly what I feel like is always the crazy things about other movies in this thing. And I get, this is not Pete doctors because monsters university is not, but monsters university always in the same way throws me for a goddamn loop because it's like, yeah, education isn't the point. This is not the point. Like your point is your happiness. Like it, 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 it does the thing where it says you might, fail at your life's dreams and that's okay that that's the craziest thing in monsters university and that's one of the things too that i think is always successful about these movies is that they really in in a deep way pixar's movies are about failing to be the thing you set yourself up as and yeah this joe actually doesn't technically fail in this one like he actually succeeds go to the end but he loses the luster because he's 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 realizing what he like might have taken away from somebody else and the experiences that he brought and he's okay with sacrificing that because he recognizes that that part of his life that she's a part of is like the whole kind of the underlying important thing. And that's like the thing I like about this thing is it's about the experience and it's about life as an experience. And yeah, it's like, it's and it, and and it tries to make it like this thing where it's like, it's almost like Westworld. Like you have your cornerstone passion, quote unquote. And it's like, his passion is music and that's awesome. But it's like, he, it's like, even without his passion, he can still love life is the thing he discovers at the end of it. And I think that's the thing is like, he, he hates it. It's one of those things where he's set up. It's, it goes back to Joe as a person. The problem in Joe's life isn't that he's not experiencing everything else around him. It's that he's set up. I have to succeed at this thing or I'm a failure and everything else is a failure. And this is slowly breaking that down for him in the course of this film, which is just something that I just blows my goddamn mind. Like, cause it's, I do this all the time. I, I, I do this. Like, I, I want to say like this podcasting company will be successful or I'll be a failure or I'll make it at work or I'll be a failure. And it's just like, it was one of those things where it's like in the context, it's like, nah, I'll probably like make some other shit up and I'm going to enjoy it and we're going to have a good fucking time. So don't be so stressed about something, Jack. Sorry. That's, I, I don't know. I, I will say this. Pete doctor is very good at reaching down my nutsack and just like grabbing it and be like you're listening to me boy i don't know why he said that but that's sorry that's and that's offensive and probably in some context but like i the the point is just like i mean you described very, his movies as a metaphor for sexual assault but it's fine we know what you meant i i really regret that it's like it's really great he's really he's really touching my soul as what ah, why are all these metaphors so parsed 
Why is like all like, you know, great metaphors somehow cringy? Anyways, no, I uh yeah, no, I I, I really The movie like has I, you by the balls is what is what you mean. Yeah, no, right. uh, metaphorically, maybe that's just the thing too. Again, I watched this on Christmas Day too. It's fantastic. I watched it after Wonder Woman. <laughs> it was one of those movies where it's like I was like after Wonder Woman, I was like, fuck me, this is amazing. <laughs> like I watched it again later on. Yeah. But I, I after Wonder Woman, I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, you know, criticize the way you're all one. And I can and we can get into the I, I do want to get into eventually talking about the body swapping and whether or not there is like kind of a some like a subset. Yeah, you want to address the here. erasure issue. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to necessarily do that off the bat because I, I don't feel like that's the and it I did I not get occur to me at the time time so yeah it doesn't occur to me at a time i also think that like unfortunately with the way that the internet works i feel like we're giving probably a we're 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 would you say just off the top of your heads that like this movie how do you think it did critically based on that based on what like how do you think this movie did critically I think it. I would I have, imagine it did reasonably well, as most Disney Pixar films tend to. But would you think, because of the controversy, that it probably would have done worse, or this would have popped up more? Oh, dude, I I don't know about. That. No, it's just one of those things. I do think that sometimes we, you know, this is it's a fair criticism of this movie, but at the same time, like it has a ninety six percent on Rotten Tomatoes, eight point three overall average is scores. About what I thought it would have. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm not trying to do that. I'm just saying it's like an eighty three out of a hundred on Metacritic. Like I think that like it is overwhelmingly positive, and I just it is. I am curious. Like I do think it's a thing too, but I think it's it's not something that somebody's like saying let's not go watch this. Do you know what I mean? Because I do think it is. A beautiful piece and the music in and of itself is worth the price of entrance for me personally the music was great yeah his final his like getting back into the place was like that little bit when he was like his putting quote unquote his soul into it that's why (laughs) i just get that he cried yeah uh uh-huh when he 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 plays the day and that's yeah like all the little it's amazing things this movie has pizza rat in it you know i (sighs) pizza What? what pizza rat Oh yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> that's a good a movie thing. with a no, movie with pizza rat touched fine. my soul. I think it, I think it's successful in the context no, of how no, important no. pizza is. So. Yeah, so let's go ahead. I guess let, let's dive into it then. Yeah, Do you think want? that like because a lot of people have criticized this movie overarchingly for kind of erasure in terms of like a lot of movies where we have animated uh, African American or any minority, typically there's like a level of like we're moving away from the person or identification to have them kind of metaphorically put in as something else. Yeah, like I said, it didn't occur to me at the time. And like impact my experience of the film. So I don't know. And I haven't watched it again since. So I don't really want to speak to it too much. Like, you know, I don't. Mm, I mean, it is a big deal. It was part of the expectations for this film that it is their first African-American protagonist. And then right away. Yeah, he turns into a little blue person <laughs> with. And then eventually he goes back to being a black person. But is voiced by Tina Fey is the thing right so yeah i get how people could be like disappointed by that you know and i wasn't but i don't want to yeah i don't know man i it didn't get in the way of my experience of it the first time i was watching it i didn't yeah but i, I mean we're say. also white people trevor yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I don't know i don't know what else to say uh i i i don't want to dismiss it certainly um you know there's I've also heard people say there's like recognizable like black institutions here, you know, like cultural things like the barbershop scene and that kind of thing um, that are that are that are represented. And that's good, you know, but it's it's one of those things where it's like, you know, the bar, <laughs> the, the bar is, uh, you know, uh, really maybe kind of low for Pixar or, or a Disney film. So, yeah, I don't know. Or I think I mean to say the bar is high. I'm not sure what I mean. I don't know what else you want to say about it, man. I don't have much to say. I, I guess I, I I don't know. I was touched by this film. I had a good time with it. I feel like there's there's a core. I feel like the value of the film, even outside. I agree that maybe there's an issue with with that. But even outside of his skin color whatsoever, like I feel like there's a deep movie that touched me here. So maybe I'm. Um, um, maybe I'm biased against liking it. I think that Pete Doctor's voice continues to be really good. <laughs> you know, it's ineffective. 
which is the thing too, is that maybe we just, there's underrepresent, you know, continuing thought process that there's underrepresentation mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like Pixar is trying and I, I want to give them a cookie for it, but maybe I'm too easy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I was touched by it too. Um, I think uh, one of the big comparisons, sorry, if you want to move on from this, so I don't, I don't no, 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 know. go ahead, go ahead. Uh, uh, I, I hadn't even thought about Sarah being a teacher and what she would think of it. I, I did think, I don't know why. I, maybe because you haven't been on as much uh, as recently. I thought I, I wanted to know what. I, damn it, I want to know what Ben thinks because he's <laughs> he, he, yeah. he's talking about teaching all the time too. He and, just he couldn't he um, could have made it. He was just sleepy. I'm gonna he hold said he was that tired, against yeah. him. Go make yeah. it go well, I don't care. Uh, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, what the the movie that most comes to my mind is Mr. Holland's Opus. Have you guys ever heard of this movie? Yeah. I've heard of it, but I've not seen it. So it's like where a music teacher has like his grand opus that he wants to write, but gradually learns to appreciate his life that's happening. Like the John Lennon quote, life is what happens to you while you're making other plans, basically is the movie. And, mm-hmm. you know, his students that he doesn't realize what a big impact he's had on their life all get together at the end of the movie and play his opus for him. And it's like, okay, this is what my life meant. It was the impact I made on my community. It was the impact that I made on these kids. And Richard Dreyfuss sells the fuck out of it. I don't know. There's also kind of thinking about it now. I watched it a long time ago. There's like a weird subplot where like he doesn't hook up with a student as like a positive. (laughs) Like it's a really, like it's a, uh, it's a really like low bar character beat (laughs) thing. (laughs) Looking at it now maybe, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that anybody else, like has seen that movie. I, I hadn't heard of it before Megan showed it to me, but um, I appreciate the ambiguity of the ending and that they don't hold up teaching necessarily to be like the answer you know, for him in terms well, of like, you know. I, I, I'd like to talk about that a little bit. And, and, and you're right, the ending is very open, <clears throat> but Something that kind of bothered me in this film is after he like finally like achieves his dream of playing on stage with this, you know, great saxophone player and great band and whatever. And he's like, oh, at, at the end of the night, he, he turns to the lady and he's like, oh, that was so great. What happens next? And she's like, well, we come back here tonight and we do it again. And he's disappointed by that. Which I don't really understand because Uh, if, you know, if I had a gift, well, I mean, okay, this is, you know, getting into the where, you know, life being similar to art and stuff. I've heard another music person give the same take, actually. Yeah, like, what do you mean? Like, that's, you get to perform every night and not only that but you're performing jazz so it is going to be different every every night it's not even like being a member of a symphony where you're playing the same notes on a page every single day which in itself i think is exhilarating but you're making your own music every single night and if quote music is your passion that's not enough for you i would argue that music is not his passion but he realizes realizes that teaching is his passion I would push back. And and the reason I would push back is in a couple of reasons, because I, I think that there's things about your passion. And this is again, this is personal for me, but it's one of the one of the best lines from the book and Lamont's uh, Bird by Bird, which is a really, really good seminal writing piece, is that she talks about for her when she became a published author. And I think a lot of times the thing that people do is that like you make a goal for yourself, which is not the goal. It's the thing in and of itself. And I think that's the whole point is it's it's a, it's about the music itself, not about him making the gig and making it as an artist. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, take enjoyment in the things in your life around you versus that. And I, I really understand that because like when I went to a news station, I kind of had a similar expectation. I would get into news, trumpets would sound and everything would work out for me and everything was fine. And it's like you get there and somebody tosses a coffee mug at your head like I, it, that's that's a different example than hers. But hers was like she 
you know, would publish and be, everything would be amazing. And like, she would get past it. And then she's like, I didn't get financial independence until I published my third book. And it's like, you know, you, you, it's like a lot of times, like, especially in this kind of context, it's like, you get that big break and it's going to be his big break. And, you know, he wants to get on the far side of it. The break isn't the issue. It's his love of playing music. It existed. If he hadn't gotten the break, he would still love music. And that's the point. He wasn't, it didn't, the break isn't the thing in of itself. And I think that's, maybe like a different take on it for me. It's just like, I love those takes of it. I love it that it's like, you know, it's, it's about him getting past his own shit. You know what I mean? Like it's him trying to make music into like this gamified thing where he gets through this thing and he has to do it at the same time. It's not about that. He needs to take enjoyment out of the middle thing. And the break was never the big thing that he needed to get by. And it's, I think it's like the same it, thing. It's the, it's the curse of getting what you want is is what it is to me. And there's like a good Neil Gaiman panel or something, oh, I think, yeah, yeah, or yeah, some yeah. video yeah, I saw about yeah. uh, like a, a story in Sandman, I think, too, about that. I think if we saw and I, I think, yeah, because again, I've heard, yeah, I've heard the same thought about like, what else would you expect? I think if I think it, it would work a little better for me if we saw more of what his life leading up to it was, because you do get the sense from the way the movie is structured that he has been fixating on this one thing for so long that it kind of yeah, it kind of works for me in terms of that. But I do think maybe if we saw more of his life, like when we go through the hall of everything or whatever and see his flashbacks and him watching TV and shit and stuff like that. Like, I do want to know a little bit more about Joe. I think that's kind of maybe where this movie structurally loses me a little bit as we spend a lot of time with 22 in the before world. Uh, or whatever it's called. Sorry, I can't remember what the actual the name before of world's it is. rough. I agree. It's kind of boring. It's like it's supposed to both be invoking this seminar and this boring Zoom webinar, and if not <laughs> webinar specifically, but it is it is invoking like being in a seminar and being half excited, half bored. Uh, and it just it does it evokes that thing. I've been at a million conferences where I was filming conferences about subjects that I did not give a shit about. So it's one of those things where it's like I totally get that energy. There's like an energy in the room and you're like, I don't connect with this. I would spend so much time on Terry as just like a comic relief thing, which is kind of funny, but also like, does anyone care about the count? Does it matter? I don't really think it matters. So that joke doesn't really land that well for me because I'm like, we're spending so much time on this bit. That's just a bit. Nobody, obviously nobody cares. It's like, why is it funny if nobody cares? I, you know, I, that, that kind of thing. Uh, seeing them just like dismiss them to go in like, and you will be aloof and you will be this is just always also kind of like, yeah, half-baked kind of thing the part that, that it really succeeds at is the whole moon wind thing that the zone yeah. that is yeah. the part yeah. that works yeah. i almost wish they somehow just did that and just kind of wrote off the rest of the but on the other hand i also it's not think as well it's not as well thought up thought out as inside out that is like the huge and inside out has, the, has the benefit of functioning from you know being a metaphorical rendering of our of like actual psychological principles that we're all kind of familiar with and like yeah and, you know, and it's clear that somebody went and sat down with somebody and took you know a shitload of notes before they made that whereas this is like a rendering a very existential rendering of something that we don't understand and it's just the human mind's expectation versus like you know the human mind is an actual thing that we can somewhat come to comprehend with this is obviously a representation of something that's happened because when you die that's the end of it there's just blackness nothing happens after the I'm staircase sorry, and the like, uh, just joking. i don't know why <laughs> i'm so dark i apologize no that no i think that were i think the image of the staircase and the singularity white pointy thing is like terrifying and all of that imagery works you know it's just like mm -hmm. kind of divorced from the rest of it too but on the other hand i think uh, I think the ambiguity of the ending, as much as I enjoy that it's not like, okay, the performance is the answer or teaching is the answer. I, I kind of also, Sarah, wanted him to go and reform the TED Talk like seminar system. Like I, uh, to me, that was kind of the logical end of the movie because obviously, yeah. I mean, yeah, the system just failed this one yeah. person, but also like. It, it seems like the movie has no faith in that system. It keeps making jokes about all these fame. 
I really didn't. I don't know why I just did not like those jokes about like all the famous people being like, no, 22, you are this or whatever. I don't know. It's like Mother Teresa and Leonardo da Vinci or whatever. And I don't, I don't know. I just they, they just seem like really cheap DreamWorks level jokes compared to what I expect from Pixar. They seem very one off and repetitive. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. (laughs) I just really wanted to see that fixed. And I thought the movie was kind of leaning in that direction where like, I I don't know what, with that whole, I just, I loved the whole thing with like him discovering that he's just another mentor that's telling him what life is and being like, Oh fuck, I'm part of the system. That's like encouraging people. Cause I think that that is like where this movie succeeds. It's this like millennial kind of, generational concept of us like inheriting the fucking earth and like what we're going to do with our lives is going to be so fucking special at least i don't know i relate to that a lot and in, in in terms of maybe how i was brought up i don't know and like uh, i just um you know i think that part of the movie really works and i would have liked to have seen that subverted even more um maybe i don't know yeah i definitely think that it's there that the millennial context is there and it's just sort of like yeah, it, it definitely does that. I also do think that the system is like inherently broken about how it's set up and and not. A, and I think they, they they try to cop out of it at the end because it's just like, well, it was just giving you the will to live. We're just getting you interested so that you developed the will to live. And this is a fake system to drive you. We, t- we, we, we ask you when you're a kid, if you're a firefighter or an astronaut, because we want to inspire you to find passion. And then that's the will to live is the passion. But the passion is all you actually need. And you need to have your passion not not in the concept itself, but in every day of your life, because the gift is life itself, which is the whole point in his experience. Uh, yeah, which is cool conceptually. But, you know, the, the journey, not the destination is not exactly as revolutionary a concept as a theme for a movie as opposed to like something like monsters inc where it's like it's cool to not it's cool to fail that, that's that's monsters, monsters inc. University it's cool to fail specifically monsters right? university yeah. monsters yeah. inc also is kind of there too a little oh, bit yeah. it has yeah, yeah there's like so. a little bit there yeah. yeah or or it's like it's like there's the you know what y- the value you have it monsters inc is your value is what you think it is or like exactly because it's yeah. like about her and like the value that he puts in her and all this other things and 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 uh monsters inc is just really good <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i i will i will admit of the pete doctor directed films this is weaker how about that mm-hmm. but that's like but it's also like, i think the most ambitious <laughs> wouldn't you say i mean inside oh, yeah, out I, you I, just have such a good roadmap and i inside out you know it just it, it works so fuck also it's such a smaller scale story of like uh, a child going through a very particular emotional crisis point. Whereas this is just like existential, my whole fucking midlife everything, crisis. Life. Everything. What? Yeah. This yeah, is, this exactly. is such a bigger ask. And it's one of those things. Talk about four. He's, he's directed four movies for Pixar. He's directed soul inside out monsters, Inc and up like, it's kind of like I mean you know calling Soul the weakest is like not at all infringing in it as being one of the greatest films ever made like the the other three are like really hard to like shit on right like Inside Out is the best thing that Pixar's put out in like forever and it's it's like because like that was I mean that was also the run of Pixar because that was like you know he did Up and then it was Toy Story 3 and then it was Cars 2 Brave Monster University was pretty good but then it did Inside Out and then they go back to the good dinosaur so this is this, this was like kind of trajectory downwards and it's fine i'm curious have you seen monsters university because that was in the period for me where i was like pixar's sequel what are you doing and then we did a cast on it i was on that cast did we i forgot i'm sorry i straight up forgot that we talked don't you remember monsters university me and ben were like speechless like we were both like like i we were just i was that was monsters university is the one like i'm always like secretly like i mean it's top tier pixar and we just don't talk about it because it's like it's the one that's like it's okay to fail which also just at my point in my well, life it's also I was like animal failing house, all over with the monsters place. like uh, yeah, it's, it's it's not perfect by these stretch no, it's not like, I mean, it, okay let's just be honest animal house is a lot more aggressively upsetting because of like if you go back and watch it you're like well we're just gonna peeping tom and this is fine this is fine a monsters university doesn't do that i mean it makes a joke about it i guess but it doesn't like actually have them go do that and it'd be okay like they're right no it's retro- not problematic the way animal house is but it's also like in the same kind of it has the same image of college in a way you know like this classic oh. american ideal of what college is in Hollywood right and then it and then it says it's not the point at the end of the movie which is i think what makes it fine right. the college is 
is college is that classic American ideal. We make it that. And it's still a very deeply unhealthy thing in a lot of different ways, <laughs> which the fact that that movie gets there with that point is like my point. I'm sorry, Trevor, between you and me, you know it. Like we both have the same opinion about college in the United States. So like when the movie gets there, it's like, yeah, it's not the point. You just go get fucking get a job and you'll be fine. Like, you know, I was like, I mean, you might actually not be fine because, you know, people don't hire people and that's all this other thing. So there's like a whole other element that doesn't get to. OK, you, your point's bail well made. I'm going to make a point for you. Good, good, good. This is how we it's how we roll now. We don't even fucking talk anymore. Trevor just makes eyes at me and I make his point for him. It's perfect. <laughs> In this economy, that's all I need to say. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. All right. It's 31 minutes into this cast. I kind of feel like putting some scores on this and talking about it. There's not much. I, I will say there's not as much to break down here as too. I, I agree with you that the afterlife is uninteresting. It's probably a terrible decision to strip him of an individuality of the afterlife because he's separated from his or the before racial life. identity. Right. Before. <sighs> I, I, it doesn't. I don't remember if they name it or not anymore. <laughs> it is the before. They, life, they but do. Like, and yeah, I forget like, what they called it. That's yeah, but like, a little like, an impression. This this, you're still busting my fucking balls. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, just for the sake of continuity, clarity. I'm just saying. Sure, there, sure. Because there yeah, is an afterlife thing where they're all dead, you know, and I, I find the imagery of that being just as little time is spent on it to be much more kind of terrifying. And well, they don't want to. De- I, I mean, I they desperately don't want to deal with the idea of an afterlife, like because the you know the point of this movie is living the afterlife is fucking terrifying in the context of this movie and just the bit they show of it it's just like no thank you (laughs) are we talking about like the sand people oh no they're in the zone yeah that's the zone no not not the zone people the ones who are like in but they're in the bad zone they, they just get so weighed down by the monotony of life and work and stuff that they lose their spark or whatever my impression is though that those people are still alive well yes but I don't remember seeing any like actual afterlife stuff except for just this giant glowing singularity thing. Yeah, that's all. Okay. Yeah. That's what you're talking about too, Jake. Right. Or yeah. Yeah. The zone stuff is so good though. I just, I did take a lot. I really do like that. that. You know, and, and again, from musician perspective of like, yes, I get being in the zone. This part makes perfect sense to me. I'm there. It's Mm -hmm. good. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a, well, it's, it's, it's it. it's useful that the zone can both be like Dorothea Williams. I think a little bit they kind of try to imply that she's kind of kind of a jerk. Like she's so dismissive of like new talent because she's been in it for so long. Like maybe like music is all that matters in her life and she doesn't have anyone to share it with. And that's how you become that kind of calloused person. But the zone can also be people that don't have that sense of fulfillment and are just constantly looking for it. Like that's what 22 becomes kind of, you know. I think the point is, is like one of the greatest things here is that like, you know, there's like this imagery of like a child banging away on a guitar isn't somehow as equal to a master guitar player. Like, I think that there's like, it's not about the music. It's about the experience. And mm-hmm. that's the point. And, and that's the thing is like a ch- him teaching children literally to appreciate music and in and of itself is in some ways greater than even the sum of him experiencing or pushing the edges of his profession, what he takes for value and what is actually actually valuable that's oh my god guys when the kid oh it's so good but then there's all the the, yeah when the kid uh like starts playing the trumpet and the the 22 like she stands up and starts playing in the staircase and the sun hits her and oh my god oh my god oh my god it's so good but it's like it's about her experience and his things and it kind of goes back to like why he like you know he's experiencing things and taking them on board and living his life and taking the like the stuff on board and like learning from that and, but not appreciating. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's about perspective and appreciation, not necessarily about, you know, what your damn goal you're working towards is, which is, uh, just makes me chill, bro. The point is like, it's like this. I I just want to take away from this. I was like, the point is, is that we're sitting here talking about soul and not that I had to have a successful podcast network, which is, I guess a convenient point for me to have sometimes, but at the same time, you know, like this is what I want to fucking do. It's cool. If we were famous, I wouldn't give a shit about it. Right. It's the same fucking thing. That's how you define success, Jack, you know, you know, it's no it's a bit it's you choose to define success is what this movie's about you choose to define it you can define it in the ways of space. you can define it in the short term and make yourself happy that's the thing you can do your happiness is your power baby what the fuck <laughs> which i guess comes comes right back to i don't understand like 
as a musician, I don't understand why performing in a club every night is not enough for you. But maybe that's just how I view it's the not high a, it's, of it's performing. About, look, it's not about that. He just wants to be recognized as he doesn't understand what he wants. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think I he guess. necessarily wants recognition. I think it's just the power of getting when you want. Like, I think it, exactly. it, in that moment, it, it is everything. You know, I don't know. I, Sarah has maybe, a point. Maybe it's because like, that is what I want. And so when he gets there and doesn't want it, I don't understand. It's this, yeah. This may be slightly <laughs> personal, Sarah. Well, I think it's you do have a point and that he's like, oh, so are we going to tour or no, dude, You, it's a gig. It, like, it's a nightly gig. Like, you know, there there is like a little bit of like musician, maybe economics. There is like, no, that's you. You know, you just do this every night, right? I mean, it, he thinks they're like, going to go tour the country or something, you know, for a minute there. Mm-hmm. So, or, like, or it's like it's literally like his, his idealistic vision of heaven. He gets there and it's not there. Look, dude, as this person who's failed at the first thing in my life I wanted to do, like it's always those things like, like, hey, just fucking sell it. Monsters University and this like kicks me in the nuts every fucking time because it is about that. It's like it's about recontextualizing yourself and finding your joy, even if you don't have to be the fucking biggest thing on earth. You don't have to. Success is not fucking the goal like that's that's the point and I, I find it to be a beautiful utterly interesting thing like it allows us to if you take that on board you're allowed to help the people around you and better your world and you don't have to fucking pile shit in the corner and hoard it and i, I just it's just a, it's just the right kind of message for me man i love it i love it you want to talk it's trevor's like eat the rich i'm mean, like yeah let's just not be rich. I don't know. It's just weird. I don't know. Nothing it's, to do with it, anything in this movie. But, I, I don't uh, know. No. <laughs> I could. I was. Making, I was trying to make it vaguely correct for a joke from earlier, but it, you know, just not. I, I could tell you're still upset about it now. I think I was just poking. I'm not, you upset, I'm not upset about it. I, okay. I think it's hilarious. Okay. <laughs> uh, I just threw it in my mouth. Okay, now, Sarah. Now that you've said like maybe that is what I want, and that's why I, I like want more from you about like what else. Maybe I don't know. I. I, I've said enough about where the structure in the movie kind of loses me that it's not like I, I blame you or anything, but like I, I kind of want to know where else. I, I think you said the other thing about the ending and like what maybe you would have liked if teaching was more of the answer kind of too. Yeah, which again, maybe kind of, <clears throat> well, definitely comes from more of a personal standpoint is I started, well, to clarify for our listeners, I'm not technically a music teacher. I am the accompanist for choral programs in a public school district. So I am, I don't have like the lesson planning aspect of teaching, but I'm like the, I am now authority figure in a room full of children aspect of teaching. And I never thought that I was going to like children, but I thought, oh, this is a way for me to make money whilst getting to play the piano every day. That's cool. But after being here for about a year and a half, I've realized that, oh, this is actually really cool. I do get to help young people learn about music and learn to like music and maybe help their lives a little bit. So the movie might have made me feel better if that's what the movie was more about. So that's unfairly what I was looking for when I went in and it didn't deliver. And I was therefore disappointed, which again, this is a lot of uh, projection (laughs) on my part, which is not necessarily fair to the film. No, that's totally fair. It's so fuck uh, those children. (laughs) I I hardly recommend that you go watch Mr. Holland's opus though, Sarah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, That, that sounds great actually from the way you described it. That sounds like a straight ticket to Tearsville yeah, let, let me for know me, except think. with the possibly sleeping with a student thing. That yeah, sounds weird. And, and but the end of the part, film or, sounds good. Just ignore that part. That's great. <laughs> Fast forward. Not like, this is not okay. All right. Question, question. And maybe I'm alone here. Did y'all not tear up at the end of this film? No, I, I did. did not. I've told you several times that I did. And I, yeah, I, don't I feel think like we're both on the same page about it. I was, I cried. I cried and I loved it. So you heartland orange kittens there. Well, no, I didn't cry. And that's another reason that I don't like this film as much as I want to is because I'm accustomed to Pixar films making me cry. This one didn't. Therefore, it must not be as good, I, which is, I, again, not fair. Do you feel like you may have built up a pretty hardcore expectations for this I movie? I really fucking did. I told like, you. As soon as I realized this is a movie about death and, and a music, music teacher, this should be exactly my cup of tea for you know crying and filling a teapot 
and it that it wasn't. As soon as I saw the first trailer for this, I turned to Megan and I was like, I'm just going to be a mess. I'm just going to be a sobby, messy mess whenever I finally (laughs) see that. And I wasn't, you know, and inside out is what makes me a mess inside. You know, inside out doesn't make me cry, but it does make me have to like sit in a dark, quiet room for a while and think about things. Ins- all right. Monsters it makes just, me feel right. things still very deeply, but in a different way of this is the most accurate representation of depression I have ever seen uh, in like, like any medium. Of the Pete Doctor movies, I don't cry in Monsters, Inc. I mean, it can get me a little bit with like Boo at the end. It can get me there, but I'm like a little, almost, it's a sniffle. It's not a full wet Inside Out, the scene when she's getting on the bus and then decides and, and when and physically when when she goes home and starts crying to her parents and there's this genuine like it's one of those things where it's like the beautiful sadness moment where it's like the the outburst of like releasing your feelings and how feelings are uh, important to life forms and like how we like experience and discuss and talk to each other. I just, I like boo like a bitch. Like every time that scene happens, like you could pull it up on YouTube and I'll cry. Like it's, it's it'll happen. I, I, I just, I just find that it's because I, I yeah, that's not necessarily my family. Right. Like that's, and it's just like one of those things where it's just like the, the healthy expulsion of emotion in such a way is just like a kind of a foreign concept to me, but also like deeply beautiful. So I lose my shit at that up is always the gold standard of fucking crying in the first 12 minutes of a movie. That's like, exactly <laughs> it. Like I just yeah. start crying at the beginning up is just and then like, I don't stop. Sarah, did we up see that like together? I like terrorism. We, we, I think we might have actually. I'll never forget. Cause now that we're talking about like how overdue theaters are for like, the experience going downhill. I still remember sneaking into that movie because there was just no one in the front of the theater lobby ticket window complex. Did we do that? I think you were already there and I got there late with Zach. I see. And I just walked straight into that movie because like, well, I'm late. And there's nobody here, yeah. and I'm a teenager, and I don't give a fuck. I'm just gonna do mm-hmm. this. That's uh, my excuse now, anyway. I but. know we saw Wally together. Mm-hmm. God damn, I, that I don't remember. I, I, we I, did. I, I, I remember we did, and you drove me home. I remember this. I cry when very Wally distinctly. Gets breakup. I, that movie probably doesn't. Have I don't cry, cry at moment. Wally, but it is my favorite Pixar movie. I love it so much. I don't cry at Ratatouille. I get close in Ratatouille at the end, but I don't cry in Ratatouille. That's because Ratatouille is weird. I don't know. <laughs> Ratatouille, yeah, Ratatouille, it's, it's one of those things. Ratatouille is a really great movie. I love it, though. It's definitely yeah. up there for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm curious if you cry in a lot of, like, Miyazaki movies now, actually. It's I really haven't watched Miyazaki movies, like, by myself in a long time. I showed them to Megan, and then I just haven't, like, had we have, my, them all H, we have them all on HBO, and so Katie, I'm taking yeah. Katie through them, and I'm actually like, how's how's Moving Castle like bitch slap me a little bit? That I should was, rewatch that one because that's the one. Yeah, I, I asked Megan I think, which one she likes, and that's at the you top forget of her list. you forget that's a crazy movie. No, man. I, I howls always. I think me. Miyazaki I movies are just weird enough that they're like too weird for me to cry. <laughs> Does <laughs> that, that make sense? I, I, there's a couple of them. Like, uh, I, ironically, the one that gets me is Porco Rosso because Trevor actually showed me that. That movie for the first time and it has quickly become have I ever any told time you I have any said. kind of passing thought about Porco Rosso I think of Trevor have I ever yeah. told you what? what you said when we finished that movie though no I did not what did I say uh well he's still sexist that was your that was your first take <laughs> that was what you said <laughs> and then he I was like sexist. oh he did deeply appreciate well he is yeah and it is a sexist did, film yeah. but like no it's a sexist yeah. film and he's right about it Miyazaki but said that a, about it but his it's own a deconstruction of sexism too it is, but it's a sexist deconstruct. It's a, it is, it's an apologetic. He's right because it's it's a man deconstructing sexism, so it is apologetic to the perspective of men. It's the most apologetic deconstruction of sexism. I agree with that. I think it's I think it's genuinely powerful for other reasons. I think it's its take on war is like the be- is one of the best in the Miyazaki canon and that notion of all the flyers going to the sky. And somehow Porco Rosso, in a weird sort of way, is real enough that he. He like, in my opinion, in the course of that film, rises to another level about like that's his best take on war politics because Nausicaa is just oh my god Nausicaa the Nausicaa film the is just, film is a little Mary Sue up its ass yeah no it's good it's good I'm not saying it's not good it's really good but it's but it is at this time like just way more over the top oh no that's the last like, one I showed my significant other and when we were done she's like yeah I see why you waited on that one that was <laughs> that was what she said. <laughs> 
Is Nausicaa on HBO? They're all on HBO yeah, it is. now. Yeah, they're all on Ooh. HBO right now. Yeah, I, know. Ooh, I, I need know. to show that to Katie. I just that feels like HBO one Max. that she's really gonna like. Have you right, seen? Right. Have you seen The Wind Rises? Yes. The tale of Princess Kaguya is is not Miyazaki, but it's uh it's Ghibli, and it is good Ghibli. It's also really sad at the ending, man. Mm. Yeah. That's a that one's a gut punch. With the so what are we gonna review That's, Ghibli films? Uh, every December, I think we were saying maybe or something. I don't that's know. A, that's as that's as good as a reason as anything. Is that that was to doing for Animania now? That's what you said. Yeah, I'll do it. Fuck it. Every because December there are no Christmas anime content because it's not a thing. Because really. we used Tokyo Godfathers. We, we already used did one the year, one. so it's, but we said we yeah. could do that again because we didn't do it with Ed last time. We just did it with us too, and I was like. Are, do, are we really need to hear what Ed's take on Tokyo Godfathers is? I don't need another reason to be mad at him. <laughs> you think he? Oh, I don't know. I'm joking. I'm joking. He's just being. He's he just, said he, he just wanted needs, to. I do want to, but I enjoy him. teasing him more. I don't <laughs> trust him. Like if he's he's gonna be like, I don't have feelings about this. It's okay, I guess. And I'm gonna be like, this is a seminal fucking film with just trans trans representation and everything you can't just not have an opinion that's where i will lose it trevor like <laughs> right well anytime y'all want to do a ghibli run on animania hit me up and i will pop back if on we do tokyo we'll, godfathers again we're gonna hit you up actually i, I would love to have you on. i tokyo have never godfathers. seen tokyo godfathers you should sarah <laughs> okay you should <laughs> you want to talk about a movie you're gonna cry and that's one of them <laughs> <laughs> Not to give you expectations, but holy fucking shit. <laughs> it gives up a run for its money. Oh, God. <laughs> it's so sad. It's not sad. It's it's beautiful. There's like a Christ-like moment. The only, only movie that has like a shitload of Christian imagery that I'm like, I agree with this usage. You know what I mean? As, as Actually, it's, it's, it's weird. I don't really cry at like, I, with the exception of Up. Because up the the first twelve minutes is just so sad that I do cry, but normally I don't cry at sad stuff. I cry at like the reunion of like you cry you happy I sad don't, cry yeah happy sad cry or like bittersweet cry. Like okay, a good example is fucking brother bear. <laughs> Oh god. <laughs> that Disney movie. At the very end, where little baby bear hugs like the ghost of his mother. I am a fucking mess. And that only lasts for like 20 seconds, but I just lose my shit because little baby bear gets to hug his mother one more time and I'm done. I just It's it's so tempting. It. It's it's so tempting to bring up the comparison here mm. with the <laughs> sorry. It's still I yeah. Yeah. I don't want to do that. No. What's I've, the movie? What was the 2002 movie that's there's there are movies that I don't like that make me cry a little bit. Absolutely. Dude, I like tear, uh, I, sometimes it depends where I am. Like Christmas Day, for Christ's sake, literally, uh, you know, uh, Wonder Woman's speech did like actually make me tear up a little bit. And then I thought about it and I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? You know, like that. there are times when I'm like. Was I just like really vulnerable right then? You know, sometimes like No, actually I one of the famous things, like you guys give me shit all the time for liking Batman v Superman. When Wonder Woman shows up and they they make a little they have a little back and forth and then it cuts to the figures of the big three on screen in a comic book setting, I cried. I did. <laughs> because like it was a big deal to a comic book fan, yeah. man. It's the sure. big goddamn three. They're there, they're on screen. They're about to fucking fight Doomsday. I feel like we jumped to the end of the big three because that's where Superman dies, so why the fuck are we starting the big three with Doomsday? But you know, craziness aside, it's still the big three. Like I, I don't know. I I, I lost in that moment. The you lose it was. You know that movie. There's a terrible movie. Uh, it was directed by Kelly Asbury. Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron. Oh, uh, fucking love that movie. movie. Shut okay, up. Okay, are we all on the same? What? I'm, you, you like it, Trevor? Yeah, kinda. Oh, I do too. Cool. I thought I was like yeah. alone. People hate that movie. You, you know that. Right? No, it was, it was so good. Hans Zimmer did the music. The score is incredible. I I cry in that movie always. I, I feel like I'm alone critically on that movie. Like I I it's no. Not. I think it's really good actually. It's such a unique and especially like for the time, the too. animation was really good. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie. I expected to get like shouted at for liking that movie. Well, it's such yeah. a unique yeah. weird yeah. thing. Like you know, because I I don't think does the horse the horse never talks right? Does the horse talk? 
No, he, he has a. But monologue. he's like he narrates. He's the narrator, but yeah, he like doesn't move is. his mouth. That's part to of speak. why it's yeah. weird. It's an animated horse movie where the horse doesn't talk. He's the narrator, and it also came right. out during this time where like. Uh, 2D, I feel like 2D animation was going the way of like, it was a little ways after I think maybe Atlantis came out was one of the last Mm -hmm. times. Yeah, it was the same, it was the same time as Joseph King of Dreams. Like there was, animation was in a weird goddamn place. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie about that guys. Like it's, it's, I'll, I'll, I'll say this though, like that movie came out when I was in the fifth grade. So you're asking if a girl who saw this movie <laughs> about horses when she was 11 years old, did she like that movie? All 11 year old girls like horses. <laughs> but I, I stand by it as as being really good. Yes. Who even produced this movie? I don't know. Dreamworks. This is not a, it was not DreamWorks. A yeah. That makes fucking sense. DreamWorks, Hans Zimmer. Uh, voices include Matt Damon Matt and um, Matt yeah, Damon. who was who's Jesus Christ? What's his name? James Cromwell. Really? He did a voice too. Yeah, he was the General Custer character. Oh, yeah, huh. yeah, yeah. And Little Creek was Daniel Studi, and he was the guy in Crazy Horse. Okay, so they actually had people. All right, I, you know what? I, I like that movie. It's like especially when like they run free at the end of the movie. When what do people say is terrible people. about it? Now I want to know, dude. I don't know. It's got like a seventy on Rotten Tomatoes. It's not bad. It's just oh wow. There are genuine moments of beauty and spirit, visually and emotionally speaking, but ultimately they aren't worth the price of suffering through the extraneous material that too often sullies the picture. Way to like not have a statement. I disagree. Statement. <laughs> I, don't know. I, I disagree mean, entirely. Well, like it's a masterpiece, but it's I you know it's it's a good it's good. It's good. It's not yeah, I, I like this. Uh, visually stunning and fitfully dramatic. Love it. Perfect. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Great, great comment. Well done. <laughs> I also uh, remember one time, context aside, my mother and I found ourselves driving uh, from like Yellowstone National Park to Billings, Montana, kind of overnight at one point. And listening to that score whilst watching the sunrise in like rural Montana was a wonderful experience. Hmm. Anyway. Right, let's go. I do weird things with soundtracks. Let's, let's put scores on this because oh, I got to cool. pee, guys. Yeah. yeah I'm ready. <laughs> All right, Sarah, I'm going to toss. Do you want me to toss to you first? I can toss to Trevor sure. first. What do you give this out of 10? I give soul. Keeping in mind, and I'll just do this, our basic recommendation score is about a six. I'll, g- I'll give it a six then. Like, I, I would definitely encourage people to watch this film. Uh, it was underwhelming to me personally, but I realized that comes from a, you know, very personal point. And, you know, if you're if you if you don't have all of your passions and stuff set very specifically in teaching and music, it will probably will hit you better than it hit me, which is fine. Um, I do think the animation was neat. Uh, we didn't talk about this too much. I, I did quite like the kind of 2D animation of the Jerry's and Terry. I thought that was kind of a fun animation experiment, I guess, putting that in with the soft 3D-ness of the before life world. And the music was good. The zone concept was great. Um, but yeah. Again, very, very personally, it just didn't hit me where I wanted it to, but I still give it a six out of ten. Yeah, uh, Trevor. Yeah, you know, that moment with the uh, flower petal or whatever it is, is just the essence of this movie. And there's just not a lot. uh, It's it's such an achievement of Pixar using its standing to use animation as a medium to make something so special and so crucial i feel like kind of philosophically that to speak to people that um the the film is ultimately a success for me as as much as i think it it its reach out (laughs) exceeds its grasp a little bit um but you know that's kind of the point of the film too i I don't know i i I give it a seven uh i guess uh yeah I, i feel pretty good about that uh, I'm not sure what else I have to say about it. I think that that moment is all, all I had left to, to talk about. Um, so I'll leave it at that. 
Yeah, I'm a bit higher than you guys. I give it a nine. I, I'm sorry. I don't apologize. Whether or not, sorry, I hate it. When you I, I know. I don't feel the need to apologize for liking a Pixar movie. It's not. It's you guys obviously like it too. We're all on the same page. I think it's just about levels of degrees. I just think about what I've seen this year, guys, and maybe it's like, yeah, I'm comparing it to like my film experience during fucking COVID. So like, but just think about how above the cut of everything else this year you've seen in 2020 and everything else. And I'm just sort of like shocked about it. This is like, there's not a bond film that beats this for me. Like no way. Like in terms of like, even if it doesn't quite get to where it needs to go, it tries something so complicated and so beautiful and tries to be a part of it that it is just above anything else that I doing that. And yeah, I agree that I think there's some problematic issues with it. I think it falls shorts in places, but nothing else this year even attempted to do something in 2020 and 2021 so far. Nothing else has even attempted to do something as beautiful and as moving as this and gotten so close to getting to that absolute place of perfection. And yeah, I, I think it's a beautiful, I think it's a beautiful, beautiful movie. I, and I also, I, I also just like, goddamn, I am a sucker for just like under the radar, just like really good meetings like that. And that's the thing too. The, you don't, you know, life is the answer. The journey is the answer. It might be kind of cliche and something you could put on the mug, but when you bury that, theme at the bottom of a movie like this it becomes a really 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 beautiful metaphor uh that slowly develops for me and it makes me cry and i'm like at there at the end when he gets his life anyways at the end i'm like he comes and gets his life. He deserves it, motherfucker. <laughs> that's the end of me i'm ugly crying at the end of the movie so you know what any movie that can make me ugly cry deserves a nine no that's not i'm not gonna stand by that because Obviously, ugly, just admitted to ugly crying in the middle of Batman v Superman. So oh, you didn't specifically say it was ugly crying, but now, now, that's now fair. you did. That's right. Now, now I need to raise the level. It's ugly crying is something else. Ugly is like, <gasps> yeah, no, that's that's what happens. So any movie that really can make me like force that sort of emotion just through not the perspective or that. I mean, Batman v Superman trades entirely upon my history as a child that loves comics. That's different. Like it has things to build upon. That's where it's, it's like leveraging an already existing thing. I have no expectations going to this movie and it just literally it like to, to have no expectations. You had and no expectations. I'm sorry. I'm interrupted, but you, I'm just, you had no expectations. I had no expectations. Going into this? Why not? I had no expectations because uh, Pixar has been trending downwards and there was a lot of people were saying there was issues with the stuff. So I just said, all right, I'll go in with an open mind to see if this bothers me because I had already heard the comments about soul at that point. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I kind of went in with low expectations to be honest. And I just, it hit me again. It can open the thing. And I was like, you know, it was a can, it brought a can opener and it just popped me open like no one's business and hear me ugly cry. Yeah. It's just, it's good. It's good. It's good. All right. But overarchingly, we come out to 7.5 out of 10 Uh, for the movie gang podcast. This has been Trevor Flynn. Mm, Goodbye. Keep jazzing. Uh, no. Oh, uh. <laughs> Guess I gotta go learn the piano now. Uh, no, that's the whole point. Is you don't need to achieve something. Well, no, but I want to experience failing at the piano. Okay. Failing is just as good as being. Just cool. go have a slice good of pizza, it. okay? All right, that's fair. Go experience <laughs> pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Please wash your hands between eating the slice of pizza and playing the piano because that just gets that's bad for the. Also, piano. just wash your hands that, all the time. Well, I mean, yes. Everything. But Took a pee, don't get pizza grease on the piano. Took a shower. That will make take, Sarah wash cry. Your hands afterwards. You, you washed your body. Now it's time to wash your hands. No, I'm just, I don't know what I'm doing. Anyways, this has also been Sarah Becker. Thanks for listening. Now I've been your host, Jack Newman. Thank you for listening to the Movie Gang Podcast. Head on over to the Tuscan Shed Media Network. That's the TuscanShed.com. You can check out all other podcasts. Inclu- podcasts. As we podcasts. Now, we now have a class where Sarah teaches you music and we put it online and I sell tickets to it. That's just, oh, why would I say that's like a thing? Oh, that sounds horrible. Not that your class would be horrible, Sarah, that me having to set no, up. No, it would be. Having to set up. Well, yeah, <laughs> teaching somebody over the Internet sucks. That's I'm a. Can confirm. I'm yes, it educa- does. I am an educational media designer. I have the knowledge to tell you that this is, this is, this is a place. I don't like it. It's terrible. Anyways, let's go ahead and wrap this up because I'm dying up here. Uh, 
yeah so yeah for the movie gang podcast you can head on over there that's the, the tuscan shed media network the check out all their podcasts including animania we might have sarah back for some miyazaki movies yeah that'll miyazaki that'll be a lot of fun we'll love that and while you're also there you can check out our other podcast the pen and paper pod where you can check out all of our DD 5e exploration and adventures every monday at 7 p.m eastern standard time check that out trevor plays kinku spell thief he steals everything that's not nailed down he's also a father figure to another player now how's that's gonna work out how's fatherhood treasure is it okay it's uh all i never thought it would be (laughs) (laughs) check those out and head on over to at move sorry what is it oh shit at movie gang movie underscore gang underscore podcast that one i need to fix that because it sucks uh but on the thing it's at the movie gang podcast on facebook and on twitter it is what i just fuck Yes, it is on that. It's broken on Twitter. At the underscore movie underscore gang. Uh, and then it's at and then it's uh, the movie gang podcast on Facebook. So check that out. Hopefully we'll get that fixed like Animania someday. Uh, but I need to kill off the other movie gang people. We're going to how we're going to decide on who gets to keep the title. We're going to meet in a parking lot and stab each other. And whoever's left standing gets to be the movie gang. That's how we gangs roll. And that's this is a thing that's happening. We can now. just hide Jeez. Nazi propaganda, track them down and Nazi Trevor. I don't, what? I don't know. I don't know. Fuck shit. What? I I'm trying to be topical and make a joke, and it's not coming out right. Forget That's it. That's not but. something you joke about. That's Sorry. not funny. <laughs> if I were, if I was, I didn't to mean podcast, perpetrate a hate crime. I meant frame them for one. Sorry, it's dark. Why it's still would bad. we frame them for a hate I'm crime? Sorry, it wasn't. Can we funny. just stab them in a parking lot? Sorry. Jesus. Well, why is that better? <laughs> It is. Literally, it's better. I don't know why it's better, but it's better. Murder is better than framing somebody. For, I don't know. Is it better? Okay, that's that's dark. I'm going to shut the fuck up. They could We're be racist. It worse. You don't know. There's a pretty good chance. Oh, my God. <laughs> They're on Twitter. I don't know. I'm sorry. Just cut please, it. We'll just let please, that go. Just make this end. <laughs> <laughs>